Welcome to Urban Principle, leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com. And now here's your host, Brett Anderson. And welcome back to another podcast. We are in episode 74, season 2. And uh, tonight's episode is the importance of enrichment and extracurricular activities. And I'm going to start with uh, an article from Capin, Phi Delta Capin. Uh, the Professional Journal of Educators, and this is the May 2021 um, issue, and they talk a lot about the curricular role of extracurriculum, and there's some interesting articles uh, in this uh, edition. And the one I want to highlight mainly tonight is one by Chad Lang, and it was Extracurricular Activities Can Play a Central Role in K-12 through Education. Uh, and they say schools seeking to improve should make sure their extracurricular programming is incorporated into their strategic plan and not left on the sidelines. And that was something important we tried to do at the schools I was at. Uh, the first one was a high poverty uh, building. And we actually uh, became a 21st century uh, learning center, which meant we had after school programming and had a variety of courses and offerings and many academic, many social, uh, many physical classes that helped the students and also uh, ended with a meal. They had a snack at the start and then they had a meal even before they went home. So I've talked about that before, but that extended our day uh, into the evening, which was great for many of these students that had uh, not as much to go home to so that we could give them something constructive to do after school. And then, of course, we're all aware of the research uh, about um, the amount of time students have after school and how that can get them in trouble if they're not, if they don't have constructive activities and things to participate in, uh, especially without adults around. And uh, my other building, um, the Focus Schools, uh, we actually had enrichment and I actually funded enrichment. So we had a very strong extracurricular um, uh, curriculum that kind of built into our curriculum. And I say curriculum because we had so many courses that enhanced the learning that we did. And I want to start with some of the things that they have in this article. It's really good because he, he does compile a lot of research and stuff. Um, I'm going to read this straight from his article. Educators did not need a global pandemic to recognize the importance of extracurricular activities or to become aware of the challenges of maintaining them. However, the pandemic has given them a fresh awareness of the value of connections students feel to their school and their classmates when participating in these activities. Decades of research have noted the positive association between extracurricular participation and desirable academic, social, and developmental outcomes. And then he cites that, of course. Um, yet schools hoping to boost these outcomes through extracurricular programs must contend with uneven participation, competition from youth sports programs outside of school, and budgetary considerations. And the research was Bradley 2020 and uh, Janthi. Uh, 2013, and Bro to uh, 2002, Camp 1990, Lipscomb 2007. And uh, it was interesting, our largest district during the pandemic, uh, in the highest poverty district in our area, uh, was actually out of the extracurricular activities and sports in the districts surrounding us and uh, suburban districts. It was kind of interesting. They still participated in sports. Uh, even though they had some restrictions, they still were able to keep their sports going. But I know uh, um, most of the high schools in our largest district of, uh, you know, 53, uh, 52, 53,000 students did not play basketball, did not play football, did not compete 
uh, didn't even have a chance at any of the state championships and any of the activities that they normally would have. So um, I'm sure the effects were pretty big upon the student population. Um, one thing they talk about in here, social, cultural, and academic benefits of extracurricular activities. And they talk about the importance as students are returning back to school and getting back into regular uh, times and schedules uh, it, after months, of course, in, of, of limited contact and limited time with peers, it's going to be real important for students, even for their mental health, to get back into extracurricular activities and connect them back to the schools and to the things that they have uh, were accustomed to before the pandemic. Um, they go on to say here, educators should recognize that extended lockdowns have had significant effects on many children's mental health, and they should make it a priority tend to tend to their emotional well-being. Um, that was uh, Fergert uh, 2020 and Jones 2020 and Lee 2020. And extracurricular activities are exceptionally well positioned to ease this transition, helping children see school as a place of safety and belonging. Uh, further participation in extracurricular activities tends to have important developmental and academic benefits. Uh, he cites that again, and largely thanks to the social interactions that allow students to have both with both peers and adults. The adults who lead these activities often serve as important role models. Many of them have had positive experience with these activities themselves and want to provide their own students with similar experiences. Experiences, uh, Quiroz, 2000, and uh, Shul Ruff, 2010. Moreover, extracurricular activity sponsors often work with the same students over a span of years, allowing them to build trusting relationships with them. Um, that was Anderson, 2004, Eldridge, 2014. And over time, to help them develop the skills and dispositions needed for academic, social, and vocational success. And that was McCabe, 2020, Roth and Brooks, Gunn, uh, 2016. Such relationships tend to be particularly valuable when academic faculty choose to sponsor activities, giving them chances to connect with students outside their subject area classes. Uh, Miles and Ferris, 2015, Carose, uh, 2000. For instance, imagine a high school biology teacher who coaches soccer in the fall and basketball in the winter, as well as serving as the chess club sponsor. The single adult will get to know and perhaps serve as a mentor to a large and diverse cross-section of the student body. And that's so true because the teachers in our building were the ones that actually did our enrichment and did a lot of our uh, 21st century learning uh, uh, center. And those teachers already have some relationships with students and they tend to uh, continue those and they can actually work with students in different grade levels and in different levels of the building so they get to see a big cross-section of of students as well and it does uh it is important for them to become role models and to become almost mentors and that can help keep students out of uh, problems and keep them uh, on their academic studies as well Research also suggests that the teachers who serve in a variety of roles tend to feel more integral to the larger school community, McDonald 2013, which can improve their sense of efficacy, morale, relationships with parents, and long-term retention. Ideally, then, school leaders should encourage a wide range of teachers representing various subjects, kinds of expertise, and years of experience to sponsor activities, perhaps even offering them financial incentives for sponsoring or coaching more than one activities activity and that is so true because when I was a teacher before I became an administrator I did uh, I helped uh, assistant coach wrestling and I did some track and I did uh, 
helped out at the gate and uh, taking money at the gate for games and helped supervision at games and then did a weight training for at risk program that was highly successful and ran that um, as an intramural unit. So that was a good way for me to uh, work with a lot of the students in an area of my interest and kind of promote that interest in health uh, and, and fitness with kids and then also to kind of help them and actually make some extra money. So those were um, key things in there. And then another thing with the staff that I had running enrichment at both of my buildings, I was able to pay um, either through Title I money or through grant money or through our enrichment grant finally at the Focus School. And that was a strength of the Focus program was having that um, grant money to be able to pay teachers for that extended learning from that um, for that last hour and a half at the end of school. And then we also had a federal grant to provide a snack, so that was also built in there. Um, and then they talk about challenges with uh, COVID-19, and of course, uh, Schools were dealing with budget constraints and declining enrollments and shortages of teachers and coaches, but a lot of them weren't even doing the extracurricular activities. Uh, and I think that is going to pick up in the future. I mean, next year, it sounds like as much as next year with 50% of the population, at least in the United States, vaccinated now, that's going to continue to rise. And hopefully by the fall, that's going to be a lot higher percentage and schools will be back to more of a normal uh, working range um, and then one of the challenges also they mentioned which I've, I've run into as principal recent cha changes in the culture of youth activities has created some challenges uh, privately operated and often highly selective clubs and teams have become increasingly popular and growing numbers of young people have chosen to devote themselves to a single out of school activity or sport in anything from computer coding to baseball, soccer, dance, and gymnastics, starting early in their academic careers, uh, and that was uh, cited from Bell 2018. Participating in such programs tends to require students to spend more time practicing, competing, and traveling to events than they would for a school-sponsored activity. In turn, this leaves them with little time to participate in the extracurricular activities and experience the benefits of the school. So the connection to peers and teachers and the school's culture and the values of the school are somewhat limited if they're doing that. Um, this kind of specialization has created challenges, especially in rural areas where relatively few schools have the funding and staff capacity to provide a large selection of activities. And uh, we also did uh, uh, took volunteers for our enrichment, and of course they had to be approved, and they had to did have to go through a vetting process, especially nowadays, uh, to make sure they were okay to be working with kids. And but you can find people, and it's the strength. There is strength in having extracurricular curricular activities run by your staff. There's definitely strength. Uh, the secondaries have done it for years, and all uh, the sports teams and the different clubs and um, everything from uh, DECA to debate to you know chess club to whatever uh, coding clubs and and the thing is we tried to provide a lot of activities that helped to strengthen our academics and being a STEAM school at my last, uh, at the focus school, we tended to push uh, programs that were pushing our academics and helping helping that science and engineering and technology and arts and mathematics. And, and we still had some physical activities. We still had fitness. We still wanted uh, students to do uh, fun activities and to uh, learn to make fitness a part of their lives. 
but there were a lot of things that enriched uh, everything from the coding and computer work that we did to enhance our curriculum. And that was built in too. Um, and the one thing they start to get into in this article is they say a new vision for extracurricular learning. In past decades, few schools took an intentional approach to designing and implementing their extracurricular programs or to capitalize on the potential to promote social-emotional learning, close learning gaps, uh, opportunity learning gaps, and support academic achievement. But school leaders can and should give close attention to their extracurricular activities, finding ways to provide greater numbers of students with opportunities to participate in a broader range of highly personalized, motivating, and fulfilling activities. And that was Rose and Ogas in 2020. And and that was very true with us. We tried to provide students with opportunities and it's so important to give students those extra opportunities that they may not get and not to limit because of uh, uh, grades and because of test scores and things like that so that they have opportunities to excel and to even excel more in their tests and academics uh, later because of the courses they're in. And they talk about evaluating your programs and finding out if you know they're uh, working and um, keeping them varied and uh, providing staff recruitment, training, and oversight. Um, and that can be done too. We had to do with the learning uh, learning center, we had to do a lot of training on behavior management and uh, working with kids and positive behavior supports and some of the things to reinforce on how they worked with kids so they knew what to do in working with our students, especially if they weren't our staff and coming in. So that was a key things to kind of think about. And then they talk about in, emphasizing inclusion and variety um, and say in general and given the strength of the evidence pointing to the benefits of participation in extracurricular activities, schools should make it a priority to involve as many students in ECAs as possible. Uh, Feldman and, and uh, Matt Jesko, uh, 2005, Fredericks and Ed Cleese, uh, 2010, and Neely and Vaquera, 2017. They should also encourage every student to participate in a variety of activities giving them opportunities to broaden their interests, learn about many topics, and inter interact with a wide range of peers and adults. And while some might worry about students becoming too involved or experiencing diminishing benefits as they join more activities, research suggests that more extracurricular activities tend to be better with diminishing returns appearing to pose a problem only for the most hyper-involved students who try to participate in a large number of activities all at once. And then set, they go on to talk about schools should also make sure that their menu of activities allows students to participate in some way, no matter their gender, language, background, physical condition, intellectual capacities, or out-of-school responsibilities. And that's a big one for me as well. Things should be open to everyone and shouldn't be uh, in discriminatory in any way or limit uh, who can be in uh, the programs. And then... Uh, and then they kind of finally start wrapping up a little bit, finally, when they consider expanding and broadening the extracurricular activities. Many schools will no doubt run up against budgetary constraints. In some districts, uh, parents are able to cover the costs, but the solution tends to leave out schools that serve students from middle and low income backgrounds. And that's where I found Title I funds. I was very resourceful, found uh, partners they would donate. I found uh, created partnerships with the colleges, uh, that would often do things with us. I had partnerships with the high schools that would often do things with us, uh, uh, different high schools. Um, there are districts right now 
our, our largest district has partnerships with some YMCAs and some of the Ys are actually built onto the facilities and they do have a joint partnership right on campus. And so are the uh, clinics, medical clinics and things like that. So, I mean, there are more partnerships uh, happening within the schools and at schools. And there are ways to come up with uh, these partnerships and there are ways to pursue grants and different things you can do to get the activities for your students. So you can be resourceful and look for those uh, ways out there. There's a lot of different ways you can do that. And sometimes there's even federal funding behind some of that stuff. The early 21st century uh, uh, learning center, those were grants to schools that were high poverty. And I was able to get that for many years and run a pretty extensive uh, after school program. That was the one I was talking about at the first school I was at that we did a lot for the students, including feeding them. And then they uh, go on to talk about extracurricular participation can be such a crucial part of the school's efforts to reestablish the normalcy, which we mentioned earlier. And they talk about the, uh, the realities of uh, post-pandemic life will require on an all-hands-on-deck approach as many schools will face budget crunches, lingering mental health effects among students and teachers, and learning loss among those who were disconnected from school. But as school leaders come together to address these challenges, they must not neglect the importance of extracurricular activities. And I would go on to say that uh, it is so important for leaders right now to help their students as they come back to school and especially as they come back in the fall to create that normal pattern or that normalcy they talked about in the article and to continue to help make those connections back to school and get those kids connected into activities and I've always said if the kids are connected to school and they're excited about coming to school they're going to come every day and if, even if it's for an activity or because they like a mentor or because they like a teacher um, if you can connect with those students and keep them coming in they are going to learn, they're going to excel, they're going to increase their academics, and your culture is a big part of that. So that's why we always talk about culture on this show, because your culture uh, being positive in nature can be the factor that helps your students find that uh, place to excel. So we want to continue to do that. So keep looking at your extracurricular activities. And if you're a leader, don't neglect the importance of extracurricular activities and enrichment activities and tie them into your curriculum and give your students opportunities. It's all about opportunities to learn and opportunities for future careers and opportunities to make them better and to develop their character and to develop their awareness. And I think I'm going to wrap tonight and I'd like to end with a quote like we always do. And the quote tonight is, the leader is one who out of the clutter brings simplicity, out of discord, harmony, and out of difficulty, opportunity. And that was Albert Einstein. So keep promoting effective leadership through productive culture changes. And until next time, remember to stay positive. listening to Urban Principle, leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAnderson Consulting.com.